This is the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast, a CFCP production with Mike and Laurent. Hey everyone, Mike here. Laurent will be joining us in a bit, but uh, we were talking a little bit more about what the format is going to be like uh, for these shows going forward. And I likened it to uh, an early cartoon in the 90s, right, where you can continue to see when they started to get more funding and get better as they went along. We were joking that we're the early days of The Simpsons. Now, if we have half as long a run as them, it'll be great. But I wanted to discuss, for this week at least, one of the big news, news items of the week, it was in the transfer market, surprisingly from the Women's Super League and not the men's side. Uh, as you may have heard, Tottenham Hotspur announced late last week that they'd signed U.S. soccer star Alex Morgan on a season-long loan from the Orlando Pride of the NWSL. Having totally whiffed on Christian Pulisic two years ago, Daniel Levy and Tottenham finally have their great big American cash cow. That's really, really exciting. Now, if you know soccer, you know Alex Morgan. She's the biggest star in women's sports of any, any sport and was easily the best player at last summer's Women's World Cup. Now, she's also not the first big U.S. star to leave America for greener pastures. In fact, this isn't even her first time overseas in Europe. She went to French power Lyon uh, for a short spell a, a few years ago, came back, played for Orlando for a bit, and now is off to London. But she's not alone, right? She's just the latest big name from America to go over and play a trade across the pond. I mean, how in recent years you're looking at Megan Rapino, Carly Lloyd, uh, let's see, Heather O'Reilly, Christian Press, Sam Mewis, and Roosevelt just signed for Manchester City last week or week before. There's a ton of them, right? So what's going on? While the, con- the game continues to grow here in America, I'm wondering if we're in such an age of renaissance for women's sports and everything's so great. What's going on? Why is everybody leaving? The women's team couldn't be better in this country. But don't overthink it. It's a very simple answer, right? It's the same thing that motivates pretty much everything in our society. Greenbacks, money. They're doing it to not only get a bigger paycheck right now, but to increase their exposure, their brand, and continue to cash in while they've got the spotlight, like every athlete ever should. And good for them. You know, I, I want them to do it. I, I hope that they're successful. But isn't there enough money at home? Why, isn't, why, why are they leaving? That answer is a bit more complicated. My theory on it is similar to an old Jerry Seinfeld joke about how he roots for sports teams. Now, he's a big Mets fan, and the joke goes that as players switch teams, he's essentially just rooting for the laundry. Wash the shirt, put a new name on the back, but it's the same name on the front, play ball. Now, two women's leagues in the U.S. are almost fully supported by their male counterparts in the WNBA and the NWHL. I'm not one for major handouts, at all, but I'd understand at least that the clubs are in the same geographic areas as their male counterparts adopted the same brand. You know, that brand that's existed for 50, 100 years, worth billions of dollars? Tap into it. Think of all the revenue opportunities you'd have if the New York Liberty were the New York Knicks women, LA Sparks, LA Lakers women, New York Riveters in the NWHL, the New York Rangers women. Same branding, same logo, same jerseys, everything. I bet you they do a hell of a lot better than the attendance numbers and the TV slots they have to settle for. Because right now, I'm pretty sure, without looking, that the WNBA is a 1 p.m. slot on a Tuesday playing in Westchester, New York, with about 46 people in attendance. But that's not even a guess, really. I'll prove it to you. In England, where the clubs are all tied together under the same umbrella, the women's team is actually featured the same way you'd expect any new emerging market to be marketed. And then right next to their revenue-generating one, women's players, right? They feature in kit reveals, in social media posts, in marketing materials. Their merchandise is in the shop. In fact, that's why Tottenham signed Alex Morgan, they want to slap her name on the back of a jersey and have everybody on this side of the pond buy it, and trust me, they're going to. Here's the other thing. 
They're not stupid. It's working. I looked at three games from 2019 in the Women's Super League in England. Big name teams, all with women's counterparts. Spurs and Arsenal played in front of 38,262 people. Manchester City and Man United, 31,213. Everton and Liverpool, 23-5. Now, if you put those together, that's just a tick under 93,000 people at three games. Pretty good. In that same year, I looked this up too, only two NASL teams riding their big high off of the World Cup bump, as they called it. They only had two teams, if you combined every single one of their home games, that, that totaled more than 93,000 for the, all of their schedule. One of them's even in Portland, so you kind of can't count them because it's basically just a giant Antifa meeting. People care about the laundry. It's the brand, the crest, the team. It's not what sex the players are on the field in front of them. Hell, I'd watch Tottenham play Arsenal in anything, in marble racing. I don't give a shit. I watch sports because I love Tottenham and I hate Arsenal. And I want to see one win and one lose at all times. And if there's women's teams involved, great. I'll watch it too. But here's the real problem with this. People in charge of the, of the women's leagues don't want to hear about what might be a successful business model. They want to go off and do their own thing, which again, totally fine. I can't begrudge a damn person for exercising their First Amendment rights. But listen, ladies, if you're going to go that route, you're not allowed to sit there and just be insistent on handouts from the brands and teams that are already working. You can't be indignant about how you have to be the New York Liberty and then go knock on the NBA's door and say, hey, guys, we're out of money again. So listen. If you can't beat them, just join them, like you probably should have been doing in the first place. Anyway, we just had the first round of the Premier League. That's the kind of stuff we want to talk about and get crazy and really, you know, talk about sometimes politics through the lens of sports, because I think that part is super interesting. But as we get into this, this, there's probably another segue here because uh, Liverpool and Leeds played this week to probably the best opening game we've seen in a while. Uh, it was at Anfield. Um, Leeds, Leeds wait, gave up a point from last week. You texted me during the game when, and if you've listened to the pod last week, all twenty of you. I, <laughs> so, if you listened to the pod last week, Laurent had a hot take that said, "Without Anfield, without the power that is that incredible <laughs> stadium, like packed out with those crazy, crazy fans, Liverpool was nowhere close to the success they've had in the last two years." I sort of agree, and you saw it. The exact thing he was talking about yeah. in the game against Leeds. So I don't have the data out. Up, look, I'm not looking at the scores up and down. Anyway, it was a 4-3 game, and I'm just going on the feeling. The feeling I had in the game was that anytime someone went the other way, another team could score. But what was so unusual about it was Liverpool looked lost. Like, like you've never seen them just like, holy shit, they're in trouble. They're on the ropes. Yes, they're giving up chances the other way, but Liverpool's goals were on a handball that could not be a handball on a different day. Uh, a penalty by a fucking, uh, at the end, a penalty a by, by, a, by a forward who doesn't know what he's doing. And one super goal. Like, there was one legitimate, like, oh, fuck, that was a real goal. Yeah. But and yet, at the other end, you had Van Dijk, who, was, who scored the second goal, on a corner header. He's going to do that ten times this year. Fine. But... Just 10 minutes later, not even probably, he biffs it 10 yards off of his own box, and they gift Leeds a goal to tie it, I believe, at two. At that. It was tied at three. It was tied at one, two, and three. Right. Leeds came back three times. That would yeah. never, ever, ever happen if Anfield was rocking. Ever. 
I think the best part about that and, and not having fans there was you could literally hear Marco Bielsa want to put his cigarette out on somebody's forehead. Like, <laughs> that's exactly, he's like, hey, 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 hey. like it's, yeah. Marcelo, Marcelo Bielsa is this iconoclast manager who's kind of insane, but he's literally called El Loco, the crazy. Uh, but and he doesn't speak English, but he's kind of fucking cool. And you know, it's sad when I thought about it. You kind of could see Tottenham. Old Tottenham was in there. Oh yeah, yeah. The combativeness, the fighting, the loving of like, holy shit, what is this team? I don't know who they are. I love yeah. them. It was it, there was a beauty to them because again, they're they're relative unknowns to. They the, had five man buns on the pitch at a time. They did. That's a good point too. There was a very good looking quotient on the field, but yeah. So they they weren't. The thing that shocked me was that Liverpool strikes fear into literally everybody in Europe's heart right now, and the little guys walk into Anfield. Now, granted, empty Anfield. Empty Anfield. Nonetheless, they don't give a shit. They spit right back in their face, and they go, "We don't care." You know what the difference is? Is that literally they go they go down one nothing early, and everybody goes, "Oh Jesus!" Oh, they're fucked. Yeah, exactly. And Jack Harrison, New York City FC zone. Jack Harrison doesn't give a shit. Goes through three guys and scores a beauty. Amazing one. Oh, the the pass by Billings was also. It was great. So, but the, it was right, it was man bun to man bun. But they were playing fearless football, and that was the coolest part of that whole thing. They right. were. Look Liverpool right in the eye and said, not today. And realistically, they had a point, and then they lost it on a shit penalty at the very end of the game. They should have got something out of it. So I, I'm, I'm following along on all the podcasts uh, in England because that's like, so great. You can literally get European sports on podcasts. It's fantastic. But that's the and real talk. It's just like, hey, they still got the win, blah, 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 and they felt good. The best thing was Bielsa afterwards, like, yeah, I don't care. We lost. Right. I don't. I, there are no moral victories. This is bullshit. We should have right. won. So that's the that's the best part about it. Um, but I'm really looking forward to them. They're really fun, and you can literally they look fitter than everyone already. Like they're mm-hmm. all lean. They look like they haven't fed. They like lions. And you're right. They did look like what pa- what Pochettino Spurs looked like two three years ago, which is a great segue. The 86 point team. It's how it I spent like. my Sunday morning, uh, just streaming into the void in a, every pillow in my house. <laughs> My God, my God, we're Spurs terrible. <laughs> I, you know, I had a bad feeling. My buddy called me four minutes before kickoff and he, and he was all hyped up, right? And I, and I sounded like droopy dog. I was like, I just don't feel good about this. I, no doubt about it. I'm ready to get hurt again. So they come out, they're lackluster. Sonny looks good on the left. Everybody else is in neutral. That wasn't a guy moving his ass worth a dime. So they're just going to give the ball to this brand new, still very much like folding into what they are going to forming what they're going to be this year. Everton midfield. Thomas Rodriguez was good, but he was more interested in playing with his fucking hair than he was the ball. And we let him do both. And it was ridiculous. No, 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 no. You don't get, you, you don't get the game. Thomas is a guy who doesn't move. He's one of those. He's like a Perlo yeah. uh, Ozil type. He stands where he stands. The touches that he had, I know it sounds creepy because soccer uses the word touch in a non-creepy way, especially with Europeans involved. The touches he took, their balls just pinged him. He just touches, drops, makes the next pass, doesn't move. And you're just like, you fucking guy. So that was was one thing that was really great. And then just the cohesion. They're banging it around. Boom, boom, boom. Spurs, nothing. 
Then the, the last half of the second half, Spurs had a little a little juice. And that's the most frustrating part. It's not. It's in their locker. They're capable of doing this. In fact, like we said, they did it for years, but they only do it now in the last 15, 20, 25 minutes of a game when they're losing and they have to. Right, right. So, so you had the Doherty, the Doherty shot, the uh, the 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 Delhi shot. Like on another day, Spurs could have won this game. Sure, right? but they, they didn't deserve to. They didn't deserve to, but they had chances that they could have scored. And I think that's where Mourinho's juice lies. It lies in like, I have the best finisher. We've got our goal. We've been doing this the whole game. We're going to keep doing it. I mean, ultimately, they scored one goal, right? Like Everton for all the beauty. That's, that's Mourinho's point, right? You guys can fuck around with this ball for hours. I'm going to get my goal. Then you're going to press, and we're going to go win this game. Right. But when they have to go after people, when, when Spurs has to break people down, there's no there there, <laughs> right? There's no Erickson. There's nothing. There's nothing. Very curious what Lo Celso Dude, Winks does. is a bum. You, you can't all. have and that I'm guy on your team. The only answer that I have and we know completely yet, is Giovanni Lo Celso. Is he that guy who can unlock a pass? Maybe. Is he as good as Erickson? Of course not. No. He is, from what I saw last year, he is. You know what's better. funny? They need James, but Mourinho would never play James. Right. Oh, absolutely. He would never. He would, he would, have, he would never have a passenger that you could just kick it to. Just, okay, I'm in trouble. Bing it. To, he's over there. Just hit it to him. Right? And the, what's funny is, we were talking about this the other day, the moments that worked for Spurs – what were, what was it was it was it was Kane unlocking things with passes right? Of course, that's what the we said dink, dink over the top to Doherty. That's yeah. a number ten's pass, and then the other one, you know, he's he doesn't have pace anymore. If he ever yeah. did, well, he had like seventy four knee and ankle injuries. So right, like, right, right. So so he should be dropping back, and right. they do need a striker, right? Mourinho yeah. fucked up when he. I don't know why he took Delhi off when Sissoko came on and Sun moved inside because I think he thought Sun could play as a 10 as a sorry when i say 10 a 10 is a a 10 is a creative player sitting in the middle of the pitch before the behind the goal scorer so really like you have the 18 yard box and that 10 foot area between the goal box outside the box right so the d kind of the d and about 10 years out from the d that guy plays there and tries to link things together and makes passes so when he puts on sissoko sorry again so he puts on sissoko Moves Sun off the wing, so now there's no outlet. They have nothing. Right. It's and Spurs like, in the second half are terrible. He made Kane was effective because you had Sonny on the wing taking attention away from Kane in the middle, right? When you bring Sonny into the middle, you move a relatively immobile Kane right next to a pretty speedy Sun with nowhere to go. And, and what he, was Mora doing? Oh, he's, he's just not great at football. I mean, he had Ajax, and that's it. But, like, so he – but you put your two best players right next to each other and you basically make them markable with one man. And the right. funny thing about this is that when they took Delhi off, you, like you mentioned, they brought Sissoko on. At some point, Sissoko was even playing in that central attacking role. And I said to my buddy, I'm like, Moose Sissoko is our central attacking midfielder. That's it. That's the joke. What the fuck is going on right now, guys? <laughs> we were one game into this, and, I, and I, now I remember why I was so happy to not have Tottenham Hotspur in my life for four months. It was beautiful. It was oh. So, so we had we we all we all, there's a bunch of games on, but we're, we'll cover them. We just had Chelsea play. Uh, I they were good. They have all these new guys, which is exciting. Uh, but I don't. It's weird. They were bad, but they were good. 
Um, right. One of them was good, uh, aside from the Reese James goal, which was magnificent. No, I mean, they defended well. They didn't give up goals, right? Like, they, but they, they did not. Oh, they should have. They did not have the ball, which no. was weird because Brighton is a, is a nouveau riche, a nouveau competent team is a better term. They have a history of being lower divisions. They're slowly building up this club who's a small town. Like I've been to Brighton in England. It's not a, it's, it's a beach town. It's as though it'd be like if South, if, if, uh, if, if some town, if Fort Jefferson had a team in Long Island, it's like, why is there a fucking team here? This is weird. (laughs) (laughs) So they've built up, but they have a good coach. They're knocking it around. They're doing things on the wing. They've got a a former Chelsea guy because they have so many good players. This Lamptey guys running up and down, terrorizing the best haired man in the world. Uh, uh, Alonzo's getting killed. And, Chelsea wins because they just have better players, but right. they were not better. No, and, and the thing is, is that I actually, and we tweeted from the Squeaky Bum Time Pod Twitter account, follow us there. <laughs> Adam Lallana looks great, and it was so nice to see him land on a team where he's going to get a ton of minutes. And he and got hurt immediately. To see him really have a good go at this, because he's a, a, a very talented player who's been hurt for the majority of his career. Well, roughly 37 minutes after I tweeted that, he really got hurt. So that's yeah. What do you think that was? Was it like a torn hammy or a knee? Uh, it looked uh, either it looked ligament, right? So it didn't. Yeah. Neither of us. Let's be clear for the audience. Neither of us is anywhere close to anything that we considered a doctor. But uh, I it, am. I am a doctor. Doctor <laughs> Pepper. Dad joke. Uh, we lost every listener we just had. Now <laughs> we don't have any. It's fine. We don't have any. Anyway. That's right. That's right. Uh, but no, I thought that Chelsea genuinely did look bad. Now it has to be said that they are still like like Everton to a large degree. A lot of big new pieces are all still working together. Werner Werner was good. Werner that was dude, good. He's good. Hurts <laughs> looked lazy, but I'm I'm. But again, but then he then, then he worked back. He they'll get there. I just still, I just still don't I still don't think Frank's a good coach. It's possible. It's he says possible. the right things. And he, he, may does, he does do that, but how are you going to know, right? You, actually, that you'll know if they absolutely tank the season and don't get a, a real title challenge. I don't think top. Uh, no, no, they're not a title challenge. I don't think either. But here's the thing: like, how are we going to know with all those weapons? They're going to paper over whatever cracks he has. I think when they play Liverpool next week, when they play City, right. are they gonna okay. are they gonna have a hard time when they play Sheffield, who also played today? Your boys, Wolves, lit them up early. Uh, we're not going to go into it because it's just boring. But Wolves looked good. Uh, the greatest American-born striker in the world, who's from Mexico. Uh, <laughs> he had a wonder goal. One He's thing awesome. Is, and we don't have to go into Wolves too much. If you are listening to this and you are a, a fringe Premier League fan, you don't have a team, do not pick Tottenham. Don't pick Man City. Only assholes pick Man City. Agreed. Wolves. Take Wolverhampton Wanderers. They've got a guy who literally looks like a, a linebacker, <laughs> right wing. He's fantastic. He's so out of place in European football, but he's amazing. But the weird thing is, is he's Spanish, but he's black. Yes, there's so many weird different angles. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> You'll never know how this novel ends. But by the way, the I think play. I think they literally are all Portuguese at this point. After because Doherty's gone. That leaves. They got rid of that pasty white guy. Fuck that guy. They, they that leaves. That leaves only uh, Connor Cody as the. Well, you, need, you need a white guy in defense. Yeah. Keep right? Is he the only one left? He has to be. If I, I mean, Diego Jota didn't even play today. Uh, Neto. Right, uh, but that that they're all Portuguese. The whole team. They are. Yeah. <laughs> 
Very yeah. weird. We'll, we'll get into some of the politics of these teams. They're very more, they're much more interesting to, than the game sometimes because it's kind of an American take, right? American sports have essentially degraded into the games don't matter. Everything is about everything else. Right. Oh, because because we have so much coverage, everyone's a GM, everyone does their NBA version of, oh, the analytics are bad, you don't do that, blah, blah, blah. Whereas European sports are the completely opposite. You get nothing. You just <laughs> get the game. And then they have to make things up. You're like, they literally don't talk to the players. They're not allowed in the locker room. Additionally, it's and, and it's ironic thinking about soccer slash football in this context. It's gone. It's over. It's like an eight ball. It's, it's fast. It's 45 minutes. You get 15 minutes to catch your breath, 45 more minutes, and then it's over. There's and then no- you're like dying for fucking content. You're like, right. I'll drink, I'll, I'll drink a, a fucking documentary about a, a kick man. Right, exactly. <laughs> you're looking, and you didn't see that Laurent basically just looked like he was drinking bleach on the camera here. But uh, Well, I don't want to get COVID. Well, correct. <laughs> <laughs> what you're looking at essentially – is there's no Sunday night baseball Yankees Red Sox. It starts at eight and ends at one thirty in the morning. Right? No, <laughs> it's always on time and it's always exactly at ending at the same time, which is great. By the way, uh, remember for my 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 historical labor moment of the day. The only reason it works is because they were they struck for the six and a half the six and a half day week, and so the games were on after the shift ended at the factory at 3 p.m. Ah. And they were on at that time until 1992. (laughs) Every team in the country played on Saturday at 3 p.m. And then they realized we can make a fuck ton more money doing it differently. Can you imagine that? And still, to this day, you cannot broadcast a live sporting event in England at that time. That's right. I was very confused. <laughs> right. So we yeah. get to watch more soccer. They're broadcasting them now because of COVID. But otherwise, they have been blacked out for the country. You know how, like, you weird Raider fans when you were in L.A. and you couldn't watch games on TV if the game wasn't sold out? They do that for the entire country. Yeah. And they have a show where guys talk about the game that's on. It, oh, my God. It's, they, they literally have a person screaming at you very much like I am now. Watching the game, telling you what happens. It's like going to a drive-thru in McDonald's and having the guy, instead of taking your order, yell about your favorite team and what's going on in the game as it Right, happens. and they cut to guys as they go. Yes. It's pretty it's, – and the guys are famous. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> anyway. That looks like what, what our format will probably end up being like, right? Something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes where we kind of get into it and, and – and, yeah act like morons then we act like morons about you know the, do, you, the ha- do you want to do you want to i have i have two i have i have two topics you pick one because we're, we're probably we're getting on to how much time have i had here uh 40 minutes which is fine well why are we okay, but, okay. do you want to talk about arsenal or do you want to go into a topic bad teams are really bad and the gap is getting worse Let's talk about Arsenal. That one, that second one, sounds more fun. Let's leave that. <laughs> well, Arsenal, we don't. We, do we learn anything about them? I didn't watch. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I did. Uh, they, they wear fucking blue, and that's not okay. <laughs> Arsenal look organized, and they look like they have an actual oh. coach who can go in and light someone up when they're Ooh, supposed okay. to. 
if Arsenal start winning games that they're supposed to win and then draw once in a while, Against they're the going to be in business. Right, absolutely. The, 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 like, the, they are a 75-point team. Very possibly. Spurs I, are not. I would, I'm not saying they aren't or are. What I would say on Arsenal is hold on, right? They played a newly promoted I, un, I understand that, but the structure they is there. all their systems going right now. Yes. So I would, I would caution. They still just uh, extended David Luiz. They still, they're still the team that thought that was a good fucking idea. So let's, he has he has games once in a while. Aubameyang is fantastic. I'm not taking that. By away. By the way, dude, did you the, the semifinal of the FA Cup? David Luiz was man of the match. Was he really? Yes. They playing the general city. They played. Oh yeah, that's right. No, you know what? Listen, I don't want to hear it. Okay, he's a double agent. <laughs> From Chelsea to Arsenal, he, you know what, you're right. He is probably still very good, but he's a double agent working on Chelsea's payroll still, and he's <laughs> fucking up Arsenal from the inside out, and I love it. Because he <laughs> justify some yeah. of his performances last season. It he, just, he has these ga- he has that. he has games that he just loses you the game. But that happens now about 60% of the time he's on the field. So you're like, holy, yeah. bet, on, bet against Arsenal like, yeah. in the starting lineup. Yeah, but they're but they're better, and I think that they that they have an optimistic season versus sure. absolutely. I mean, think about think about think about the Liverpool season before they exploded. They had twelve draws. Oh, if that's you many draws are kind of New York rise you're talking about. You're gonna hear about no, no. They, there's no. They don't have a player to do that yet. But they had like thirteen draws last season, which is a lot. And I think that they're more in the. They didn't get lucky to get those draws. They didn't know how to close out games. They got those draws. Yeah, I would agree. They, they lost a lot of leads. They, they, there was, there's a, definitely a stat that I'm not looking at right now, but it's like points lost, like points from a winning position that you didn't hold on to. So you got right. no points in the three. Right. Now, I do, I do think they're making a mistake going with Leno instead of Emiliano Martinez, who was incredible. I agree. I, agree. He, I thought he was their best player. on the. On they the- got, so he went to Villa, which is good. He's gone now? I didn't see that. Yeah, he's going to Villa. Because they're gonna go with Leno, for because passing is more important than fucking saves. Oh, wow! Okay. It drives me insane. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I thought he was fantastic. But I, I, I'm looking for. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to Arsenal because honestly, they look like City. So they play. Listen, well. here's the thing about the Premier League. For again, the uninitiated, there's theater. There's theater everywhere. I yeah. hate. More than anything, I will watch them because it's so fun. Win, lose, or draw. It truly is. There's 10 teams you could talk about up and down the league, which don't worry, we won't yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's one you just have so much theater to pick from. It's fantastic. It's like walking down Broadway in New York. Yeah. And there's no ads. It's fantastic. Well, they're on the jerseys. So, I mean, like, (laughs) they're on the jerseys on all the other sports too now. Not yet. Yes, they are. Just baseball. White people play. <laughs> Not the sports that white people play. Yeah. 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 That's the big divide. <laughs> yeah. You still want your hope. You still can still have hope if you play yes. hockey. <laughs> exactly. I think we can wrap it up. But I have, I have a couple things to think about. So I have four categories of teams. You can think about these for next week. Okay. Super rich teams. Traditionally rich teams. Aspiring to be rich teams. And then all the other teams that are fucked. Those are the categories. Three of those four. 
<laughs> well, there's only one super rich team, right? Right, exactly. City. Yeah. Right, the traditionally yeah, rich, the right? Best, but... Aspiring oh, yeah. to be rich, you like your Wolves, Everton, and then everybody else. They're just, they're all fucked. <laughs> but, I, but I do think someone, one of these days, like a bad team is going to come up that just doesn't care. They're just like, we're getting our check and we're getting out of here. And they're going to lose a game 12-1. Oh, well, that was almost Norwich. That was almost Norwich last year. They, yeah, got- they, they at least played. Oh, they, well, were bad. they were bad, though. The way <laughs> you I mean, like, one is you try to go forward with bad players, and you, you get absolutely shit-hammered by a City or a Liverpool. Didn't City put up six or seven on Norwich last year? No, they lost 3-2. Get the fuck out of here. No, at the restart, they beat the piss. Somebody killed Norwich. Well, everybody did by that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were done. Pookie scored eight goals in the first three weeks, and then he had seven the rest of the season. Right, exactly. Anyway, okay, Mike, that was good. I have to do some editing, and I have I got pasta sauce on the burner with uh, with meatballs. I gotta go see what they're doing. You're French, get the fuck out of here. You're French. I don't want to hear. They're French meatballs. Do you know what they are? Actually, I told I told Aveline they were dogs' brains. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Can you say that to a kid, that your meatballs are dog's brains? Absolutely. It's 2020. You can say anything you want to anybody. Apparently. Uh, by the way, Mike, uh, I want you to know that I'm going to call myself Lauren, and now I'm transitioning. <laughs> to what? A snake? A bird? I am a black woman. I've always been uh, a black yes, woman. Yes, yes. I've always been one. And you know what? You can't say that I'm not. Well, you most certainly are a black woman. You are very sassy. I just, I don't have an ass. So I'm going to get implants on the government to put them in. Of course. That, I, I really why, would, why wouldn't you do it that way? Because my well-being, I'm depressed too, because I'm not the black woman I always wanted to be. Of course. Lauren Cortine, stunning and brave. <laughs> She's so brave. You're not brave and you're not she. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, soccer podcast, everybody. Listen, mister. All right. Well, until- Make it easy. <laughs> I'm going to go walk into the ocean. <laughs> okay. I think that, that ends well. Because nobody listens to the end. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. This was a crap football, crap pundit production. We will return on Mondays and Thursdays. For the Premier League season, we will talk about soccer and other things that interest us. Mike is crazy. Laurent is insane. That's why it works.